Wow, I've so been there. I lose at ping pong every time I play myself. Hey, I'm so glad that you're here this morning. I want to welcome our LaGrange campus. We are live between both of our campuses right now and our Noonan campus. I want both of you to cheer at the same time, and I want to see who's louder. Ready? One, two, three. All right. That's awesome. We welcome you here today. I'm so glad that you guys have joined us. Uh, If you haven't figured out, today is totally, totally different, okay? And so you're like, oh my gosh, where's the guy with the sunglasses and talking about the treadmill? I saw some of you this week at the gym, by the way, and you were looking at the setting on my treadmill, okay? So bless your cotton-picking heart. I'm glad you're here today. Stay in your lane. So look at your neighbor real quick and say, stay in your lane, If you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and watch last week's message. If you have a Bible today, I want you to turn to the book of 2 Samuel, okay? If you don't know where 2 Samuel is, it's after 1 Samuel. It's real easy, okay? Get there, find it in your index, look it up on your smartphone, see how smart your phone really is, right? Get to 2 Samuel chapter 11. I want to talk to you today about a decision that we... I, you, me, need to make in our life. You know, there's a lot of very important decisions, like where you're going to go eat lunch after church, right? Some of you you argue about that every week. Where are we going to go eat lunch? Some of you, you make a hard decision about where am I going to shop? Where am I going to buy food at? You know, what what kind of car are we going to buy? Listen, this decision is way more important than that decision, all right? This decision probably may be more important than what you do tomorrow when you go to work. Some of you are going, really? More important than that, okay? This decision is more important than whether or not you take the newspaper. This decision is more important than what you do probably even with your life savings. Some of you go, whoa, that must be an important decision. Here's the decision I want to talk to you about today. It's the decision that I have to make as a person, you have to make as a person. Here's the decision. Will I live connected? Will I live my life connected? Now you go, oh yeah, Sean, I'm totally connected. Don't you understand? Like I have Instagram, I have Facebook, I have the Twitter. I still love it when people call it the Twitter. I'm like, the Twitter, okay? (laughs) You know, Uh, some people like, I got the Ebola. I'm like, what's that? Okay, that sounds like a new social media uh, spreading like wildfire. Uh, There's lots of things that we say we have in our life that force us to be connected, In fact, what's crazy is we are the most connected generation than anyone before us. Like your grandparents, grandparents didn't know what their best friends were doing for dinner every night, but you do. Your your parents' parents probably didn't know how awesome it was to be able to wake up every day and see their grandchildren exposed to the whole world on Instagram, but you do and I do. Because here's the crazy thing. We have more social media than we've ever had. We have more internet. We have more information age than we've ever had. But do you realize the number four thing that a person worries about the most in their life is whether or not they're going to spend their life alone. And yet we're more connected than we've ever been. Think about that. Most connected generation, most information. So why do we struggle? We struggle because we have to make a decision whether or not we're going to live our lives connected. Look at this statement. Life change happens through relationships. Life change happens through relationships. Real relationships, 
Not so much pseudo relationships. We're going to talk about that for a minute. You know, God's design for us was never to be alone. If you look in the garden, God was creating everything and he looked around and he said, hey, I mean, you know, these horses are good and these cows are good and all these things that I'm creating for man, but it's probably not good for him to be alone. So what did he do? He created him a helpmate. God even saw it. God even said, hey, it's not good for us to be alone. And our lives, whether we realize it or not, are directly influenced by the relationships in our life, both good and bad. Think about that. Now, how many parents we got in the rooms today? Raise your hand at LaGrange at noon and raise your hand if you are a parent. Awesome, I'm glad you're here today because you get this idea. Because as a parent, who you choose to spend your time with will determine the influence of how your kids turn out. In fact, as parents, you get this, here's why. You tell your children all the time, be careful who you hang out with because whoever you hang out with, you're gonna become like. So what do you do? You like get your son to hang out with an A student hoping that their grades will go up, you know? If your daughter's a soccer player, you want her to go hang out with the best soccer player on the field. You don't say, hey, hey, go go hang out with the girl who's never scoring a goal. You don't do that. (laughs) You go, hey, get around her because man, she is a player and players gotta play, okay? Get out there and do that. We connect our lives like that all the time. As parents, we get this. But I want you to hear this. This is true about every life that's here today. Our lives have a relationship quotient to it. You know what a, rela- you know what a quotient is? A quotient is a formula that basically when you add it all together and you kind of summarize it all out, this is what it comes down to. Here is the relationship quotient for your life and my life. You ready? Here it is. You and I are never happier than the relationships we have in life. Think about that statement. You and I are never happier than the relationships we have in life. So some of you are in this room and you're going, I wonder why I'm struggling so much. I wonder why why I feel so down all the time. Look at your relationships. Look at the people that you're at in your life. Look at the friends you have or the friends you don't have. Look at the people that you're spending your time with or the people that you're not spending your time with. Because all of us today at both of our campuses, we have a relationship quotient. Our life is never happier than the relationships we have. That's why it's so important for us to learn to live connected. Why? Because relationships help us address the real matters of our heart. You see, I love social media. It's great. I love uh, technology and being connected. But have you ever felt like people aren't really being honest on social media? (laughs) Like, really? Is today the best day you've ever had? Is it really the worst Tuesday you've ever experienced? I mean, we expand things. We we grow things out of our own, you know, but we're not really real because the truth is until you really get into a relationship with someone, you don't really know their heart. It's like the person at work who constantly texts you all the time and you never know if they're serious or unserious. It kind of freaks you out a little bit. Because why? Because relationships are designed to help us address the matters of the heart. And here's the problem with that. We tend to avoid relationships. You know why? Because we don't want to address the matters of our heart. 
And so we struggle with that. Proverbs 4.23 says this, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. So if relationships are designed to help us address the matters of our heart, and the Bible says, hey, you better guard your heart, it's important, doesn't it make sense that if your heart is the thing that you should guard the most, that we better make sure our hearts are healthy? And he's not talking about your physical heart. I'm not just talking about exercise and having low blood pressure here today. I'm talking about the heart matters that come through relationships. Why? Because it will eventually define your character and will eventually decide your destiny. I truly believe we are a product of the relationships we have in our life. And the matters of the heart that come out of these relationships are inseparable from our own integrity in life. So look at 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1. I want to read you one verse today. Very powerful verse. Probably you've never seen this verse this way. We're talking about David here. And this is a very familiar story. It's known as the story of David and Bathsheba. Many of you know this story because it's one of the most scandalous stories in the Bible. It's the moment in David's life where he eats his lowest low. But look what the Bible says in 2 Samuel 11.1. 1. It says, in the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah, but David remained in Jerusalem. So I want to give you the picture real quick. David sends everyone out. He himself was a warrior. He was a guy. He had his mighty men. They would go out and they would fight and they would take these nations. But this time in David's life, he chose not to live connected. Instead, he sent everybody else out and David stayed back. And if you know the story, you can read it there in 2 Samuel 11. He, he, he decided he couldn't sleep one night. So all the guys are out fighting and where's David? He's home alone. And he says, you know what? I just can't sleep. You know, who, who knows what David was thinking about? Maybe he was thinking about the battle. You know, maybe, maybe David was doing like we do sometimes when we disconnect ourselves from other people, we start trying to find ourselves. So David disconnected and the Bible says that he woke up one night and he walked out onto his patio and he looked across and there was a beautiful woman named Bathsheba. And he was so smitten by her, he looked at the guys who were his hired hands, those who he had hired on his staff team, and said, hey guys, go get that girl, she's beautiful. And we know the story, right? They went and got her, and he slept with her, and he got her pregnant, and, and, and basically, it was like an uh-oh moment in David's life, so what did he do? He tried to cover it over. He said, hey, go get her husband, bring, her home, bring him home from the battle, and, and I want you to make sure that he goes and sleeps with her, because he's got to cover over my tracks. So it even gets weirder than that. Because what does Uriah do? Her husband says, hey, I can't leave the group. I'm a warrior. I'm connected to these men. So he goes and he sleeps with the servants. He doesn't even go sleep in his wife's house. And so David says, well, I want you to send him to the front so he'll get killed. So he ends up murdered, seeing a guy murdered. Why? Because of one decision he made in his life to become disconnected. See, here's why that's such an important story for us to get today. The men who were closest to David's heart were in battle and David was alone. David removed himself from those who were closest to his heart. You starting to get the picture of why connection is so important? 
The Bible goes on and tells us that when all of this happened and, 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 and like we do many times, when we disconnect ourselves from other people and we choose to live disconnected instead of connected, what happens? Instead of finding healthy relationships, he went and found an unhealthy one. So the Bible tells us in 2 Samuel 12, 1, the Lord sent Nathan to David. And you know the story, basically all the other men in David's life couldn't, I mean, what do you say when you're the, the servant to the king and he walks up and says, hey, go get this woman for me. Uh, that's Uriah's wife, David. <laughs> They're not gonna tell him no, but you know what? God sent a man named Nathan and Nathan looked at him and said, I'm gonna tell you the truth. Why? Because Nathan cared about his heart. You see, all of us in our lives, whether you realize it or not, we have decisions to live connected or to live disconnected. So why do you and I need to live connected? Here's why. When no one has access to my heart, I am most vulnerable. That's just the truth. I am that man. I'm just like David. When no one has real access to my heart relationally, I am the most vulnerable in my life. Not of some nasty, gross sin. Sometimes of just steering 12 degrees off course in my life just kind of hits a dead end over and over and over again because I am most vulnerable when nobody has access to my heart. And, and we tend to resist most the need for these types of relationships in our life. Why? Because I think the enemy knows if he can disconnect us, He's got us right where he wants us. Proverbs 18.1 in the ESV translation says this. Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. It's a powerful verse. You know, in ministry and in life, in 25 years of doing this, I've realized that some of the reason why people don't live connected is because all of the relationships are pseudo-relationships. And I really do think the information age has, has probably accentuated this. We have a lot of people. I mean, think about it. How many followers do you have on Facebook? But how many of those people really know you? How many likes <laughs> make you think you're connected? You know, in 25 years of ministry, I've realized that there's a lot of people that suffer from what I call the deadly D's. Look at your neighbor real quick and say, you don't want that. Say, do it real quick. Say, you don't want that. Okay, that sounds bad. That sounds worse than the Twitter or the Ebola, okay? You know what the deadly D's are? It's a disease that I've seen people for 25 years suffer with. And I want to talk about it because it deals with connection, okay? The first deadly D is this, distance. We begin to remove ourselves from the people that are closest to our heart. It's our choice. We choose to distance. Hey, I want to say this to you real quick. In 25 years of doing church and ministry, this is why some of you have left a church in your life. Because you suffered from the deadly deeds, you just didn't know it. So I, I want to be real honest with you today. I really think the devil don't want me to tell you this today because this is why some of you hop from church to church to church and, and from relationship and relationship and you keep saying, well, this church meets my needs and this church, listen, you, if you find a perfect church, man, you go join it. You ain't going to find one. 
But I can tell you this, we need to understand the deadly deeds because it begins with distance. So here's what happens. We make a conscious choice to begin to distance ourselves. The second D is this, we get disillusioned. When you get distant from people, suddenly you start to feel disillusioned about things. You don't feel like you're apart, okay? How many of you remember growing up and somebody in your life had a really big sleepover slumber party? Raise your hand. And you didn't get invited. And you showed up on Monday at school and you heard about all the fun things you missed. What did you do? You felt disillusioned. You walked around going, I didn't need those guys. They didn't need me. The same happens in our lives relationally every single day. We distance ourselves, we make a conscious choice, and then suddenly we feel disillusioned. We feel as if everyone is against us. We feel isolated. And then the third D happens. The third D is we get disgruntled, right? We've distanced, it's our decision. Suddenly we're disillusioned, we don't see things clearly. And then we get disgruntled, we begin to point fingers at everything and everyone and we begin to blame people for why we are disconnected, right? We begin to see everything through that little bit of what I call a critical eye. Why is she saying that? Why is he doing that? We begin to question people's heart motives. Why? Because we've disconnected from their heart. We distance, we get disillusioned, and then we feel disgruntled, and then the fourth D is deadly. Here's what we do. We disappear. We leave. We remove ourselves completely and go try to find other relationships to do what? Start the cycle all over again. It's no different. This is what Adam and Eve did in the Bible. The Bible says when they sinned, what did they do? They they went and tried to hide from God. You see, we have struggled since the garden to live a connected life. But God wants us to overcome that. So here's what we need. We need structured relationships to help us address the matters of our heart. Structured relationships. What do I mean by structured? I mean intentional relationships. Now, not all relationships in our lives, although they have structure, are intentional to address the matters of your heart. Like if you're a parent, you probably don't have a really good heart connection with your kid's teacher at their school. Like you may love them and you may pray for them, but they're not the person that you're going to call on Tuesday night and say, man, I am deeply struggling. Can you come talk with me? (laughs) It's not your kid's soccer coach. It's not your son's football coach. I mean, you may love them and that's a structure, but there's something about having a structured relationship that helps us address the matters of our heart that helps us live a connected life. You see, that's why we believe so much in life groups here at our church, because we believe that they create an avenue for us to live one relationship at a time. What is a life group? I I thought about this this week as I was preparing. It's a voluntary, because you decide, a voluntary structured relationship designed to do life together and address matters of the heart. That's all it is. Some of you go, I thought it was a deep theological Bible study on the book of Numbers. Man, if that's your group and that's y'all's dig, go for it. But that's not what a life group is. It's when you and I make a decision to connect ourselves with two or three other people to address the matters of my heart. So how will my life look different if I choose to live connected? Turn over to the book of Ecclesiastes real quick. We're gonna close with this thought right here. Ecclesiastes chapter four. 
Starting with verse 9, the Bible says this. Listen to this, it's a great verse. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves, but a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Now, the writer of Ecclesiastes we know is Solomon. He's one of the wisest men on the earth. He's trying to give to you and I some just straight wisdom about our lives, about what it really means. And in this section, I think it's one of the greatest portrayals of what kind of a difference it would make in our lives when we choose to live connected. So here's what he says. Connection has an exponential effect in my life. He says the return of your work is better when you don't work alone. How many of you own businesses or work at jobs? You would say amen to that. You hate the Lone Ranger in your company because you realize if we could work as a team, we could do what? We could accomplish our dream, right? You've heard that? That's cheesy talk right there, okay? But the truth is it works. No sports team, no organization understands this better. Why? Because teamwork's where it adds. Connection has an exponential effect on my life. Number two, connection is not optional, it's critical. It's not something I do because, hey, I just, I'd like to, you know, it's, it's not like, man, no, you, it's, it's critical to our life. Here's why he says that. He says, if either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity the fool who falls down and no has no one to pick them up. I mean, it's like that life alert commercial. They fall down and they, help me, I fall, I can't get up, okay? That's what some of us look like when we choose not to live connected. But the writer here says that connection is not optional, it's critical, and here's why. You're going to fall down. It's gonna happen. That's life, it's messy. You go, well, I don't need anybody, Sean. I've never fallen down. You're a liar. Okay, I love you in Jesus' name, but I call you out for what you are. You're just like me. I lie to myself all the time. I need people. Why? Because I'm going to fall down. I'm going to need someone to pick me up on a Tuesday when I want to quit. And I want to look at life and I just want to go, no, I'm done with this. Listen, guys, connection is not optional. It is critical because we're all going to fall down and the storms are coming. Who's going to go through the storm with you? Let me tell you what, I love you so much as a pastor. I wanna tell you that for 25 years, I've sat with people at deathbeds. I've sat with people in the middle of disease and hurt and car wrecks. And the saddest deal is not the loss of the individual. The saddest deal is the people who sit there and have no one that they've connected with to walk them through the storm. That blows my mind. Number three. Connection is the key to conquering. Here's why. He says one person can stand. Two people, they can kind of hold off. They can defend for a while. But here's what he says. But three can conquer. Three can conquer. When we are connected, we are positioning ourselves to conquer. Why? Because you can't pull three people down. You can push one over. You can kick the second one in the shin, but you ain't knocking three down. Why? Because that group dynamic builds a conquering mentality. I want to ask you today, you know, 
What is it we want from every member and attender of Southcrest Church at every campus? What is it we want? Here's what we want. We want them to have a group of people in their life to help them live connected. Why? Because life change happens through relationships. Listen, if life change in our lives happened through events, we would just create more events. We would make bigger and better events. We would have blue events, red events, white events. But that's not the mission of our church. We believe God wants us to reach South Atlanta, what? One relationship at a time. There's some of you here today, you have felt disconnected for a season of your life. And you say, well, is the answer a life group? The answer is to get your life in with three or four, five, six, eight, 12, 50 other people outside of just coming to just a worship service where you can learn the value of living your life connected. Why? Because we want to help you address the matters of your heart. You know why? Because heart matters matter most. Would you pray with me today? Would you bow your heads? All over this room, we've talked about connection today. We've talked about the power of living connected. But I want to tell you today, there's one connection you don't want to miss. It's the connection that God wants you to have with him through his son. You see, the upward connection leads to further connection in your life. I have never felt more like a part of an extended family than the day I gave my life to Jesus and I realized the family of God was there for me. Some of you in this room, that's why you feel so alienated. You're like, well, I know that there's people in my life that love me, but my relationship with God has never created a place of connection. Today, I wanna give you that opportunity at both of our campuses. If you've never trusted Christ, never give him your life, never given it to him fully, would you pray this prayer with me today at both of our campuses? Say, dear God, thank you for bringing me today to this place. Lord, I know you love me. I know you have a plan for my life. Lord, I open up my heart. And Jesus, I invite you to come into my life to be my Lord and to be my savior. Jesus, would you forgive me of my sin? Would you come into my life and give me a relationship with you? Jesus, I put all my faith and all my trust in you today. Thank you for saving me. It's in your name that I pray, amen.